Good morning. Yes. North Church is almost eight years old, and that might be the best good morning ever in our history. And I'm not kidding. It's appropriate then that we would talk about joy this morning. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's pray again, if we could. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this season. God, I thank you for the hope and the peace that you've given to us that we've talked about in the recent weeks. God, I pray that you would center our minds around the joy that you brought with your son as we celebrate and remember his joy this morning. You are a beautiful and holy and mighty God. We celebrate your son Jesus, Father. I pray that you would engage our minds this morning and and center our minds around the idea of joy. Help us to understand it, Father. Help us to understand how we have joy. Even in the midst of hard and trying circumstances, you offer us joy. Thank you for Jesus who brought us joy on that first Christmas in his name. Amen. I want to read something for you guys today. You guys, some of you guys who have been around a while know that that we wrote uh, an Advent devotional several years ago. um, And this is, in that devotional is this. Joy is elusive as a concept. A way to think of it is like this. Happiness is something that you feel on the surface Joy is something that you feel in your bones. It is not easily wiped away. The opposite of happy is sad. The opposite of joy is sorrow. There is a depth to joy. Joy is what Jesus brought into the world. Something that I've, I've discovered this week and, and even last night. Yesterday for me, I had almost no sleep like Friday night, Saturday morning, and we were going places uh, like there was stuff going all day long from waking to rising yesterday. And like, if you know me very well, and several of you know me really well, that when, I, when I'm like lacking in sleep, I am not fun to be around, kind of a punk. And uh, like my kids know that really well. Um, my wife knows that really well. Uh, and yesterday was one of those days. And so like <clears throat> throughout... This, this, here's my day. I'm, I'm like, I'm engaging people, I'm engaging life, and like, just, you know, that sort of, that's me all day long yesterday. This, like, gritted teeth, angry, uh, really easily frustrated and agitated sort of thing. And in the back of my head was this voice that I was able to quiet a lot that said, you're going to preach about joy tomorrow. You're going to preach about joy tomorrow. And by like, two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I was successfully able to quiet that voice until I laid down in in bed to go to sleep last night uh, and the voice is louder than it ever was. You're going to preach about joy tomorrow. And uh, I began to think about it. And this is what I, what I, what I came to realize. And I, like, this was already in my notes to, to say, but it became real to me. And I hope that this becomes real to you. Joy is 
a grace. And, and what, I, what I mean to communicate when I say joy is a grace is this. It's not something that you have the ability to attain. And in our Western civilized world of pursuit of happiness, we, like, like our economy even, our, our life, our, the way we're marketed to is at odds with that. That you somehow have an ability to attain for yourself joy. And if you do have an ability to attain for yourself joy, then you have a bad definition of joy. And that's what I want to kind of poke at for us this morning. We have an ability to attain for ourselves happiness, perhaps. Yesterday, in the midst of my struggle with joy, uh, Cooper had a practice basketball game. And uh, he, they, they get a fast break, and, and they, uh, kids bringing the ball off the floor. Cooper spots up on, on the wing, and he gets a pass. He's in rhythm, and he pulls up. He's never made a three ever. He pulls up nothing but net, makes a three, and like, I'm just... I'm like really, really happy, really happy. And so there's a lady sitting in front of me, and by now we're, it's like midway through the fourth quarter, and so she knows that that's my son who just made the three. She turns around with this big grin on her face, and I looked at that's my son, that's my boy. And we're like all screaming and whatever. And then like I grab my phone. Janet just had to leave to go pick the, the girls up, and I'm sending text about you know how we made the shot and whatever. And and like I didn't even notice the joy that was on his face. I was, I was completely engaged with my own happy moment. And then, so like, I, I tell you that story to say that happiness is something that can inject itself or we can attain with stuff around us and like our kids doing really cool things and engaging fun moments with strangers. and all, Like, that's a happy moment and that's good and those can break into our world. But it's, it's not the fullness of what joy is and what Christ came to bring to this world. If you have your Bible, open it to Luke chapter 2. Two quick verses that I probably don't even have to read. You guys have heard these voices, heard grandparents or parents or people gathering around a Christmas tree reading these verses, uh, maybe even heard them read on Charlie Brown. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He goes on, the, the angel goes on to speak more, but I want to center in on these two verses. And before we get into to what I want to say, I want to like shock us into something here that, because because this passage is familiar, because of stories like Charlie Brown and other movies that we've seen and, and sweet, intimate moments, I, I, wanted, I want you guys to know that this was, this was a shocking thing to these people. That to, for the, the angel of the Lord, the voice of God, to break into the middle of the night, in the middle of, of a ho-hum day, break into their world with this shout, this proclamation. Fear not! Like, so many times we think of, like, this sweet, gentle sort of, you know, maybe a, a shepherd is just kind of sitting quietly and on, you know, taking care of his sheep. And, and 
this beautiful angel comes in and there's harps and fear. Like this is like breaks in to their world with news. And that idea of shockingly breaking into your world with news is important for us to cling to, especially as we go along through the rest of this message. Um, so I, I want to I ask you guys a question, uh, not rhetorically. So this is a chance for you to audibly respond. Uh, what? Think of some times in your recent past, or maybe distant past, doesn't matter, when you were really scared, afraid. What were your responses to being afraid, to being scared? Fighting. Fighting. All right. Despair. Despair. Those are, honestly, I think probably the the two quickest, most natural reactions for us to to fight or to despair. What else? Anybody else? Crying. Crying. Yep. Withdrawn. That's, That's really good. Crying. These are all great. They're like... They're, they're perfect. Like, I, I hope that we would say, you guys would say, you guys, well done. Good job. <laughs> Good job. Anybody else? Helpless. Helpless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want you, as, as we talk about do not fear, as we talk about this whole thing, I, I want you to, your mind to sort of like, like let that time of fear, like think of some time when you were really afraid and let that that time of fear kind of be the, the overarching backdrop, the, the canvas upon which this message is painted and, and, and your response to that fear. That's our, our response almost every time. Fighting, fear, despair, crying, withdrawn, all these things are, are how we respond. And this is when God broke into the world of these shepherds Actually, and then theoretically breaking into your world, this is the, the first thing that he says is don't fight, don't cry, don't despair, don't withdraw, don't do these things. I want your response to be, look at me, look to me. This is joy. Do not fear. Do not Fear. God enters into your stuff with himself. Then he says, the angel says, behold. Insert this. What this word behold means is the angel has just said, don't be afraid. Don't withdraw. Don't be scared. Don't cry. Don't fight. Don't, don't run away. Behold. This word behold, the shepherd said, would have heard Pay attention. What I'm about to say is really important. So don't be afraid. Pay attention. I bring you good news of great joy. I want to give you guys a picture, a surface picture of joy. Cooper, hit that video.
One Direction tickets. For those of you who have good taste in music, I, I apologize. Uh... <laughs> Oh, that's well played. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Uh, so that, that picture, imagine what was in, like I was the one holding the, the video camera there. Imagine what was in my heart watching that happen. Like they're so excited. And... The, the, the cool part about that gift was that the con- this was last Christmas, and the concert was like in August, right? So they've got like eight months of this to look for. Like, and I got eight. Every time One Direction came on the radio, driving to school, Dad, we're going to go! Woo! Yeah! So it was this sort of joy, right? This sort of just deep, like overcome. Like, I don't care what I look like. Mia, like, shining her butt up in the air with, like, exciting, flipping her, like, she had no idea. Is that what this is? Yay! That's joy. And, and that's, like, so much joy in me and happiness in me to watch that present in them. But, and, and they got to look forward to it for August, and now there's, there's like, memories, but it's, it's gone. That, that paper is dust. And that concert is, is a memory. But that feeling, that sense of just complete and utter exuberance in a moment is an eternal thing that God wants to give to you. It's an eternal thing. And, and I, I want to say this too, because in order to really connect with these shepherds, to whom this news was brought in the first place, this great joy, here's where they were. They were in the middle of four, they were at the end of 400 years of silence from their God. 2014 minus 400 years, that's a really long time ago. 1614. What was happening in this space, like in this piece of earth in 1614? Nope. Who knows? Like it was a really long time. This is a long, 400 years is a really, really long time for God to be silent in their world. But all throughout the history of the Old Testament, God had been talking about, I'm going to bring you joy. I'm going to bring you joy. I'm going to bring you joy. 400 years. How long has your whiny self been without joy? 400 years. That's a lot. And here's who they were. They were, Israel was a client state, which meant that Rome was completely in charge of them. They got to to deal with small, trivial details, but the really important stuff about their life, someone told them what they were going to do. And they did it in a bullying way. Like, I'm intimidating you, I'm in charge, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, and I can put you under my thumb. There was deep oppression. And here's something through what, what Ferguson has taught me in these recent weeks is that this is something that, that's very real for a very large segment of our population. That they sense this sort of oppression, 
I don't have any say in what's happening in my life. I don't have any, like, people are holding me down. And I, like, I had heard that, but now I, I, I see it and I feel it like I didn't on August the 8th. And, and this is the place where these shepherds find themselves only 400 years worth. And it's happening to everyone, not just a particular race. This is the, the nation of Israel, oppressed, under their thumb, no control over their own destiny, told what they can and can't do on big matters, held down. They have hoped for something else. They have hoped for someone or something to be their rescuer. They've wondered whether or not God is going to come through on the promises. They've experienced physical oppression time after time after time. For us, in our world, there is injustice, there is unrighteousness, there is oppression, there is evil. It's all around us and it's in us. And those things are at war with our joy. And most of the time, those things that are at war within, for our joy are within us. The choices that we make, like the, the simple surface thing about me being tired and whiny and crabby all day yesterday, was about a choice I made on Saturday, on Friday night. So the, the hardship and the pain and the oppression a lot of times has to do with the choices that you decide to make. A lot of times, however, it's not. It's just the unrighteousness and injustice and evil that surrounds you. And what happens is war is waging and raging against us and against our joy. And that's why joy, real joy that Christ came to bring is a grace. Like you can't earn it. You're going to try all you want. So last night when I'm laying in my bed, here was my prayer. I came to this understanding that I'm a complete and utter failure at providing my own joy. Do you know why? Because I'm a really bad savior. And so are you. But the, the message, the joyful message of Christmas is grace. How many times, this is something that dawned on me last night. I, I tweeted this question. How many times do you pray that God would bring you joy? I mean, specifically, God bring me joy. I don't, I don't do it very often. Maybe I'm alone in that. I don't think I am. When I think about joy... My first reaction is, okay, I need to line up these situations and these circumstances so that I can be joyful. And probably the, the, the problem with that is that I have this bad definition of joy. I think of joy as a, a moment of happiness where I'm sitting on the sofa with my wife and the events of, of the day are in the past and it's just nothing but exhale. There's an element of, of what God brings with joy in that, but it's, it's not the fullness of it. 
But what, what, what I want for this message, what, I've, what I hope for this, what I've prayed for this message is that we would understand joy as a grace gift that God has given to us. And our pursuit of it would be founded in that knowledge. So if, if grace or if, if joy is a grace gift from God, how does that change how we pursue joy? Stopping for a second for you guys to think about that one. If joy really is a grace gift from God that we can't earn, we can't attain, we can't gain for ourselves, only God can give it to us, how does that change our pursuit of joy? Praying, asking God specific. You don't have because you don't ask. That's James. Reading the scriptures, reading promises of God, praying, Said praying twice on purpose. What else does he say here? Go back to our verse. We, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For all the people. This is a really big phrase. This message that God has broken into their worlds with and theoretically your world with good news of great joy, is for all the people. First of all, that means you. I want you to know that no matter who you are or where you are or what's happened in your world today or yesterday or forever, this joy is for you. Good parents, bad parents, good job, bad job, good wife, bad wife, married, divorced, good kids, bad kids, rape, abortion, racism, this joy is for you. This joy is for you. For all the people, this joy is for you. But also, this joy is a, for all the people. That phrase is a really, really, really big directive for you. I already said one thing that, I've, that Ferguson has taught me. This is the other thing that has taught me, probably the most profound thing that's most, most changing for me, is to see people. And that's what this is talking about. I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. One of the values, you see it on almost every, it's on that sign, truth, people, God. It's on our our. On the screen when you walk in every Sunday morning. Truth, people, God. People. See people. Walking through the grocery store, you encounter people. And, and what I'm praying that this message of Christmas, this joyful message of Christmas, brings to us is to see that this person... Every person that you will encounter this week, this message is for them. And God sent his son Jesus to break into our oppression, into our injustice, 
into our unrighteousness, into our darkness, to bring a message of joy that was for who? All people. So what does that tell you? Your directive is very simple. Just like Jesus, break into their oppression, to their joy, to their hopelessness with joy. And here's, here's where I'm, I'm, I'm... I think that there are a lot of things that we do well as a church. And I think there are a few things that we don't do very well as a church. This is one of them. One, see people. And two, do something about it. Um, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you guys for, for a bit. Um, and I'm, I'm nervous here. Uh, I've been righteously and unrighteously frustrated this week. Righteously, well, let me explain that. Some, some, I'm right in my frustration, and that frustration has brought me to places that's probably unright. And I don't mean to impose what God has called me to on what God has called you to. So there may be some unrighteousness in what I'm about to say, but there's also some righteousness as well. That's for you and God to figure out between the two of you. All right? Fair? I've put lots of Facebook messages, lots of tweets, lots of emails, lots of texts to people that we have an opportunity to break into the darkness, the oppression, the difficulty, the hardship of a group of people who are in the middle of some deep oppression in the Canfield Apartments with affordable Christmas. And we talked about it a little bit last week, and I understand that it's, it's like new and whatever, but like we've got, like last week, one person signed up, and I got one response via all the stuff this week. And it's, it's brought a great deal of frustration to me. What is wrong with you people? That's, that's me talking to myself. That's not, I'm like, not like, well, I guess I kind of am a little bit yelling at you. And, and again, I don't mean, I don't want to impose, like God has called me to this, and I think he's called our church to this, and I hope that he's called you to this. But I don't, I don't mean to say, like, I, like with every fiber that I am, I don't want to be that guy guilting you into doing something. I do want to be that guy who pushes you to the Lord and you honestly ask him, what can you do here? How can you engage in the oppression and the unrighteousness and the evil of the world and bring the joy of Christ? How can you do that? If you're not doing that, you are sinning very directly. Maybe that looks like affordable Christmas. Maybe it looks like something else. I don't want to tell you what that looks like. I do want to say that if you don't see people and the hardship that they face and encounter every day, and you don't enter into that with the joy that Christ has given to you, you sin. All right? That's enough about that. Well, that's enough for now about that. Next phrase that the angel speaks is, For unto you is born a Savior. The joyful message of Christmas is, is this, the heart of it. 
today, all of the hopes, all of the dreams, all of the plans from the beginning of time have their culmination, have their, their, their come to fruition in this baby that's born. The joy that God plans to inject into your heart and into your life and into your soul started with this birth of this baby. Before Joe and, and Sheridan came up to light the candle and say that that candle's represented for joy, you saw a video and it was John Piper's voice and he says this in that video, joy is free but it's not cheap. It still comes at a cost. True happiness, real, full, lasting joy is not something that we can earn. It only happens when we find the greatest treasure of the, in the world and none of us deserves it. God sent his son Jesus to pay the debt for our sin and purchase everlasting joy for everyone who believes in him. This is what Savior means. This is what it means when Christ broke into the world and into our brokenness. This is God breaking into your world to purchase everlasting joy for you that's offered freely as a grace to everyone who believes in him. To have a Savior means that you look beyond what is around you and look to the promises of God and his restoration that is coming and is here for you. The moon this week was orange. Did you guys notice it? Uh, I was bringing Mia home from dance one night, and she asked me, why is the moon orange? And I said, I don't know. And so I handed her my phone, and I said, ask Siri. And she said to Siri, why is the moon orange? And she says, I found this on the, on the web. And turns out, it's mostly orange when it's low in the sky. And when it's low in the sky, there are, there's pollution and dust and other particles that are interfering with the rays that are coming to the earth. And so that we perceive them differently just based on our perspective. I need you to let that one sit for a minute. Like, the object appears differently. We don't see it for its fullness. It changes based on our perception of it. It's orange because we, there are things between us and it that change it. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 is exactly what I'm talking about. For now... We see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. This message is, is, a, is a lie to a lot of people. That full and complete, like, joy is yours. This message is a lie to a lot of people. Like, I just, I just can't believe that. Because I know when you get finished talking, 
I'm going to walk out that door and life is still life. But what the orange moon and the stuff that's between us and the brilliance of it and what this is saying is we, that we, we see, we perceive joy on a tainted level. And doesn't that make you excited? Like the joy, the, the great happiness that you've experienced, me as a dad watching my son make a three yesterday, me as a dad watching my girls freak out over One Direction tickets, and, and just the, the joy that's in me watching them do that and, and get excited about that, that's an orange moon. I will, that pales in comparison to the joy that will be mine one day. That's the message of Christmas. We see now in a mirror dimly, but soon we will see face to face joy. Martin Lloyd-Jones, an English pastor from many years ago, said this, what God did when he sent his son into the world is an absolute guarantee that he will do everything he has ever promised to do. I read this during our study of John. Read it to you again. Promises of God for your soul. So Jesus coming to the earth is an absolute guarantee that all these promises are true. In Hebrews, he is your hope. That is an anchor for your soul. In Ephesians, he is your peace. In Matthew, he is your rock. In Romans, he is your righteousness. In Philippians, he is your joy. In Acts, he is your power. In Revelation, he is your warrior. In Proverbs, he is the strong tower. In the Psalms, he is refuge, strength, help, shield, listener, protector, provider, rescuer, grace, comforter, stronghold, salvation, counsel, and portion. The joy that Jesus came to bring to this earth is the fulfillment of all of those promises. Bringing them within your reach. You can now touch them and hold them and feel them and sense them now dimly, but later fully. J.I. Packer says this, we talk glibly, that is, Off-handed, off-the-cuff, silly. We talk glibly of the Christmas spirit. Rarely meaning more than this, by this, than sentimental jollity on a family basis. It should, in fact, carry a tremendous weight of meaning. It ought to mean reproducing in human lives the temper of him who for our sakes became poor. Breaking in to our brokenness, our unrighteousness, our evil with his perfect joy. That's a grace for us. Causing us to go and be that. It ought to mean reproducing in human lives the temper of him who for our sakes became poor. 
The joy of Jesus is for you to partake of and it is for you to inject in your culture. It's what Jesus has done for you and our call to go and do for our, our culture, our city, our community. Let's pray. God, I pray now that you would engage with us God, I pray that you would allow us to interact with your joy, allow us to interact with the grace that is your joy. God, give us grace that we might know and experience joy this morning. And then give us grace to go into this world and inject that grace into our culture. God, I pray for opportunities to go and do that and be that. God, I pray that we would know and sense your joy, experience it. You would bring us a deep-rooted happiness. God, I pray that in the times of hardship and difficulty where life presses in, where we just want to be angry, God, I pray that you would break into that And speak joy into us and over us. Please, God. And we might rise from that place and go and be that in our world, in our communities, in our city. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name.